Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. Merhaba, merhaba, merhaba. My name is Adam Jones. Today we are reviewing The Accidental Entrepreneur, The Juicy Bit by Janine Alice, the founder of Boost Juice, best-selling author, investor on Shark Tank, awesome chick. Awesome chick. So, as a real basic summary, she didn't finish high school, left at year 11, and uh, she, I guess, worked here and there, traveled all over the world, and it wasn't until her late 20s, she... Her and her new husband founded Boost Juice and grew up from nothing to $2 billion in global yeah. sales and, and yeah, on Shark Tank Australia now as well. Pretty yeah, massive. Definitely. Pretty massive. Interesting book. Yeah, definitely. So it goes through uh, how she grew up and how she, obviously the whole story and how she got to Boost Juice. But kind of her st- whole style uh, in a nutshell was kind of just like winging it, winging her way through it, having a bit of the mm. self-confidence that she'll figure things out and then uh, which she eventually did, found her passion which was health. And uh, founded a business in that area and then just fucking worked super hard. And uh, she owns what? I think it's 370 stores around the world. Yeah. They are, they're revenued a few billion dollars yep. since they started. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty massive, that's for sure. Huge. And it's, uh, so it's her story as well as obviously her advice for business and people getting started. A little bit focused on franchising. Yeah. But this is, mate, we haven't done it. Pure sort of business entrepreneurship one for a while, have we? No, that's that's right. So, so we're getting back into it. Yeah, definitely interesting shit. So uh, yeah, should we get in? Start off with the start of our story. Yep, mate. Let's start with the start. Yeah, I like it. So she, at the start, she so as we've mentioned, she finished uh, high school when she was in year eleven, and she always had this burning thing uh, inside her that there was more to life. She thought so. What that led her to do was rather than go down say the traditional path of. Uh, going to high school and then university and all that kind of stuff. What she did was uh, she worked really hard, worked a number of jobs to save up to go traveling. And uh, in this case, she told her mom and her family she's going to travel for three months. But what she ended up doing was uh, she returned later, six years later, with a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. But uh, when you say that as well, uh, she the high school she was at only yeah. went to year 11 and I don't think anyone in her family had really gone to university before. So she was like, well, I'm not going to go to uni either. So I may as well just finish school. I'm not going to finish year 12. I'm not going to finish high school. Mm-hmm. And even her grandmother said to her, I guess a, uh, different older generations have different worldviews because her grandmother grew up uh, in post-World War Two, And she said, you know, girls aren't... She Basically, she didn't expect her to be much other than a housewife, basically, just because that's what... That's what she grew up with, so she thought that's how it was as well. Yeah, that's right. So in high school, a lot of her teachers also were saying, uh, thought she, from her perspective anyway, she was a bit of disappointment in high school. So yeah. So at that stage in her life, you know, she didn't come across as anything special. Yeah. And uh, for those in around the world who maybe not have heard of her, she's probably the number one female entrepreneur in yep. Australia that I know of anyway. I'd say that's, yeah. Number one. If not number one, she's definitely top three. Yeah. Definitely. I'd say number one. Definitely number one. So <laughs> she she bounced around with a whole heap of jobs. So she got into uh she tried modelling at some stage. Yeah, yeah, she tried modelling. Quite an attractive lady. She is an, she's an attractive We've lady. We've seen the older version of her now, so she's uh she's still got very it. vibrant and but yeah, won't go too much into that. Also uh, worked in advertising also at the start. Uh, started working at nightclubs and then uh, that kind of saved her money to to shoot mm. off overseas. Yeah, absolutely. And she went over, she had a whole lot to do over there. She ended up on David Bowie's boat. Yes. Working, working on, a, on a boat, doing, I guess, just general stuff here and there and yep. meeting some heavy hitters. That's right. A lot of rich people, meeting a few people 
that were really nice and a yeah. few people that yeah. weren't so nice. So, uh, yeah, before she, just before she got to this stage where she was living on a boat, she was floating around, uh, she was using a credit card, she was in debt, and she ended up on the Canary Islands, which I think is an island off, off Spain, and then uh, was hanging out with a pretty rebellious crowd on the island, and, and you know, the, her housemate was involved in a lot of drugs and all that kind of stuff. And then one night, she was sitting there, and some big dude comes in mm. and just sits, like stood at the end of the bed, like showing intent to rape her. Yeah. He put his hand under the covers, didn't he? And then uh, she kind of just turned around and just fucking yelled at him, get, get the fuck out. Yeah. No, this isn't happening. And then, yeah, she kind of pushed the guy over, and, and he went out. Yeah. So, yeah, at this stage, <laughs> um, yeah, so she was a $2,000 credit card debt, and she had no money. And this is where she, in France, she got a bit lucky and, and ended up landing this job on on the yachts. Mm. And uh, yeah. Yeah, nice. Anything else from her story, mate? I want to get into some of this. Uh, yeah, definitely. So so from there, she got, so after that, after the yachts, she left to Australia and all of a sudden she was 27 years old with a kid and no mm. money and uh, she's pretty desperate and 27 years, years old and her biggest priority at this stage was just finding a secure job. Yeah. So yeah, rock and roll. So at that stage, she she started working at a Frankston Cinema uh, place. The place was hopeless. She was uh, built that place up in Frankston to be pretty yeah. good. She pretty quickly went to manager. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess she was learning learning a bit along the way. Yeah. So at this stage, she she started working really hard. Got a job in Singapore to, and mm. killed it over there. And then uh, all of a sudden, she came back to Oz. So. Yeah, you want to get stuck into your stuff, mate? No, no, no. Sorry, keep going. I, I, um, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically, that's that's her story before she started getting stuck into Boost. Yeah, I'm just trying to catch up. Sorry, mate. I, I didn't uh, didn't revise too much of that. <laughs> so, I apologize. No, that's all right. Mate, let me throw in a few random things, and then you can come, you can save us and get us back on track. Yeah. A few of the things that she said, I guess, when it started out... As you said, everyone, no one expected much of her. She was always, I guess, you know, just going to be Miss Average, I think she said at one point. You know, just not a, not an absolute dud, but not a high flyer, just, just Miss Average. Uh, and she sort of used that to her advantage along the way. But she said the biggest thing she had was just a sense of adventure and courage. And so it's like you said, she was willing to give things a go and just try it out. But she was never that always going to be a killer entrepreneur until later in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she seems to always just have this self confidence that everything will be all right. She even says when she was two thousand uh, k two thousand dollars in a credit card debt in the middle of France without a ticket home. Yeah, she just had this <laughs> this feeling that everything will be okay. And yeah, fucking oath it was okay. A few, weeks later, <laughs> a few weeks later, she was rocking out with David Bowie on on a yacht. So yeah, exactly. And she figured yeah. it out. So the book, it, uh, it kind of jumps around a fair bit, doesn't it? It goes through a bit of her story, then it'll jump into some of her philosophies and then back yep. to her story a bit. So, uh, yeah, at this stage, the, the book goes a little bit into some of her philosophies and she asks the question, what does it take to succeed? Nice, mate. We're back to the same. We're back on track. I'm with you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, like, some people say, you know, you need, you need a fair bit of money, you need a university education, you need to be really, really smart, but she says that's all bullshit because she had none of those things. Yeah. She says you need to marry well, and that was not marry someone who's rich, just marry someone who's willing to support your um, dreams and goals, not financially, but just, I guess, uh, a bit of moral support. You need to care about everything you do, tenacity to keep at it, even when all looks lost, which, uh, as you said, she did 
throughout. She was always thought things would work out. Yeah. Be a quick learner, a bit of common sense, impeccable integrity, and just work really, really hard. So there, I guess, her, her keys to success. Yeah, one of the biggest themes throughout the book is uh, integrity. She's always yeah. talking about the importance of integrity and honesty. And she says there's a difference between uh, not knowing the path and just saying, yep, I got this and just figuring it out along the way compared to like lying as if you got the answers when you when you don't. That's yeah, subtle that's difference, awesome. but she, she does touch on uh, the difference. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking, when does it become a lie? Do you, are you lying <laughs> at the start or if you like oversell at the start, if you deliver, it's not a lie anymore, is it? Yeah, that's right. I don't know, it's a toughie. It's yeah. a toughie. But just yeah, deliver. Yeah. Deliver. The other thing she says is attitude matters. And so there's two types of people. She says there's verb and there's the sore. So the verb is victim, entitled, rescued, and blame. So they're always a victim thinking, poor me. They feel like they're entitled to everything. Uh, when things go wrong, they're looking for someone else to rescue them, and they just blame everyone except for themselves instead of taking responsibility. That's it. And then uh, as opposed to that, the people she likes, so uh, she has the sore approach. So these people are solutions. When, uh, when a problem happens, they've got solutions rather than excuses. Ownership, so if they fuck mm-hmm. up, they don't blame it on others. They, they take ownership of what's happened, uh, which is related to accountability and responsibility. Yeah, love it. Yeah, that's good. She also has got her 10 characteristics of a dynamite business person. Should we reel them all off? Yeah, rock them we... in. So number one, integrity. She said spotting a winner is pretty easy once you know what to look for. So these are the 10 things she looks for. So integrity, and she says always keeping your word, Seeking consistency between the things you think and the things you say. And yeah, yep. high values. Number two? Number two, motivation. She says uh, to succeed, you must unlock this deep personal energy. So you got to find out what your passion is. Yeah. I reckon reading this book, if Janine ended up in the manufacturing business making cars or something, she probably yeah. wouldn't have got gotten super far. What she did was she, she found her passion. She absolutely fucking loved it. So when a, when a, a problem came... The her goal of like her health and all her values that was much bigger than the problem, so she always found a way. Yeah. So for her, that was a massive thing in in finding uh, a way to do things is her motivation. Yeah. So motivation, she says, always say thank you, always celebrate your success, keep going even when other people give up. Yeah. And surround yourself with great people. Yeah. And, she, and that t- tied into number three, passion. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it works in well. That's it. Uh, just one more thing on on yeah. motivation, which I thought really cool part of the story. Is like she says at the start, her biggest motivation was fear. Because at the start, she actually yeah. put her whole house on the line. So she's yeah. she's a mother with three kids, and she puts her whole house, I think the whole all her equity behind the, behind the business. Yeah. So at this stage, the business stuffs up. She's she's done. She's got yeah. absolutely everything on the line. So at that stage, her motivation was fear. That, yeah. Yeah. So she, like Tony Robbins says, she like burnt all the boats at the uh, at yeah. the shore, and then I uh, had no coming had no back. Had no way back. Yeah. She had to succeed. Yeah, I love it. She says, so with number three, passion, having passion is the easiest way to make money, but the hardest thing to find. So mm-hmm. she says, don't look overlook passion. Uh, it's a thing, I guess. Start yeah. thinking about what would you do for free? If you weren't getting paid to do it, what are your hobbies? What, is, what are the things that you do anyway? Yep, that's it. Uh, next one was confidence. So she says, self, self-doubt is your greatest enemy and confidence is everything. If you believe in yourself, others will too. And yep. even if you have the doubt, she's, this is where she says hide them. And uh, confidence is your shield against the disease of defeat. And this is where she says it's different from pretending that you have all the answers. Yeah. And she says confidence is contagious. If you walk in and you're confident, 
everyone around you is going to be like, okay, yeah, we can do this. We're, and that, that confidence spreads to the team as well. That's it. And in this point, she touches a little bit on that, I guess, the growth mindset. She doesn't say that mm. explicitly, but what uh, the book what we've covered in the past by Carol Dweck, uh, she said she was in a lot of business situations where she was around academic people using all these fancy words and stuff, and, and she wasn't afraid about uh, being found out that she how, about how little she knew. She saw it as an opportunity to learn more uh, even if she, yeah, looks like a bit of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like it. Number five, solid reputation. So yeah, she's always always conscious of of maintaining that reputation. Yeah, hard to build and pretty easy to lose. Yeah, that's it. Another one is discipline. So she reckons this is the most important trait of uh, successful people, or one of. Yeah. And what she covers here is working smarter, not harder, and do not drink and work. Yeah. So if you are having a big staff party or something, don't don't go and get fucked up and then I mean, try and root your bosses <laughs> misses or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be doing that. There was a, unless she's hot. No. Don't know. There was Trump as well. Trump doesn't drink. Does he? No. It was in the book. In Trump. You said you never Oh drink. yeah, that's true. A lot of yeah, drink. it's a common thing, isn't it? Uh, another one, listening skills, which is obviously huge. So no one learns anything whilst you're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she recommends emailing the people you admire, finding out how well they got started. Mm. And here she touches on most people who figure it out and uh, get successful, it always starts with a very basic opportunity that was available to many people, but only the successful people have the foresight to grab this opportunity and do something with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, probably my favorite part of this was next was solutions focus. Yep. So she says, Albert Einstein said... It's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with problems longer. You may have all the answers to every problem uh, you face, but so you may not have all the answers, but you got to have stick with it and have the resourcefulness to yep. figure it out. Yeah, she says if you're going to shine in the business world, you have to be the person that's looking for solutions, not for the not the one who's looking for problems. Yeah, bang yeah. on. We are gone through most of it now. What's yeah. next? Honesty. Honesty. Again, ties in with integrity, but yeah. You can tell when someone's lying, yep. and so just be honest. Uh, also, fighting negativity. She says conversations with God was uh, huge for her. So when she was Sorry, working... Sorry, we missed number 10. Oh, you that? <laughs> number 10, choose great partners, choose a great team. That's it. Yep. Cool. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, mate, fighting neg- negativity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the 10. Uh, yeah, she says conversations with God had a huge impact on her when she was working really hard. So she didn't... She had like some something telling her to, to read it. She thought it was like really corny or whatever, but she she had to read anyway. And uh, some of the key learnings she had from that was don't try and be better, just be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, Let's see. Oh, Brent, Brent started. Yeah, there Yoda. Is, <laughs> yeah, Yoda. Yeah, there is no... What is it? There is no... Do or not do, there is no try. Yeah, that's it. And uh, also she says, I believe books and people come in your life at, at different times for a reason. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty true. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd say so for sure. There's definitely some books where I've read them and thought this is crap and then I've read them again a year yeah, later. Different time, at a different yeah. time. Like, oh, actually, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Bang on, mate. Um, mate, let's skip to chapter four, the power of team. Yep. And she's all about building a team around her. She said, the number one tip for anyone in business is finding the right partner, first of all. So that, yeah, so someone who you're in that personal relationship with, she's got lucky in that her... Uh, husband is also her business partner as well. Mm. She says that's not always the case and not necessarily recommended, but just someone who's going to support you. Yeah. 
That's it. A lot of this book is, it goes into a, a lot of the e-myth as well, which we've mm. covered e, e-myth, which we'll, we'll get into franchising yeah. a bit later. So she says, so a mix of the team is, number one, you can have the leader, who's yep. ambitious, confident, inspiring. Yep. Also the thinker, analytical, needs people concerned with detail. Also the doer or the worker be, and this person is the person who just you know, goes to work, gets the job done without a fuss, but are easily manipulated. Yep. Which isn't a good thing. And emotional creative. So these are the social, energetic, and competitive kind of people. Yeah. So when she's building a team, they're the four types of characters she's looking for. And when she's hiring people, the, the main things that she's looking for is not necessarily skills and experience. It's more so, first of all, how do they fit within the culture of the current team and the culture that you want to build? Yeah. And second of all, just the attitude. Yeah. Are they willing to work hard, put in the work, You know, work ethic, ambition, self-motivation, passion, honesty? And it's more attitude rather than where you've worked previously. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. She always, throughout the whole book, she talks about how her current husband, Jeff, had a huge impact on her. But what she learned from Jeff was hiring people smarter than yourself. Mm. So once you fully commit to the idea of hiring people smarter than yourself, then the rest is easy and you'll end up being hiring yourself out of a job, which is a good thing, which is probably pretty hard, yeah, because one of the hardest things is to acknowledging someone smarter than you and yeah. putting your and faith in yeah. them. It's probably easier to, uh, yeah, to pretend you can do it all yourself. For sure. yeah, that's right. Uh, the next one we'll get into when she first started Boost. So yeah. the first store was in Adelaide. Yep. They lived in Melbourne, and so her um, husband was working for a radio station. He was over in Adelaide, and he thought, this is an awesome place. Mm-hmm. So on the lease, and they, so their first store was in Adelaide. So even though she had three young boys in Melbourne, uh, and they both lived in Melbourne, they were heading across to Adelaide, and the first day it opened, she was like, there was a, like 50 people in line, and she was like, what the hell? We've, like, yeah. We haven't even advertised, we haven't even marketed, how do all these people know about it? Yep. And so she asked someone in line, apparently the building next door, someone reported a bomb. <laughs> so everyone had to evacuate the building and they're like, oh, okay, well, while we're outside, we might as well get a juice. Yeah. <laughs> so she got pretty juicy. She called him? Nah, surely not. That was it? That's a good idea. But yeah, yeah good dark. idea. So it's pretty interesting. I've never met anyone who's started a business from a different state. So yeah. What she said it was the biggest benefit of starting a business in state was it allowed her to work on the business rather than in the business. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm sure if she was in Adelaide, she'd be, you know, Pouring the boost juices or something. Yeah, exactly. What you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I guess that, that's probably a good point we can talk about the franchising. Yeah. And then she talked, as you said, very similar to the e-myth that we did in that it's all about working out the systems and building the systems first and exactly how everything should be done so that you can hand it over to someone else. They can see exactly what needs to be done and do it without you being there. Yeah. And that's because uh, their model is franchising. That's You said they've got 370 stores. I don't know how many they own versus how many franchises, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's a, the model. It's and bloody difficult. They make it a, a lot of hoops you have to jump through to be a part yeah. of Boost. I think it's two fifty or three fifty k to get started. Yeah, that's after you've gone through applications, interviews to make training. sure they've got the yeah. same values and everything. Yeah. Uh, touching on the franchise, and they say don't go into it unless you got decent profit, because otherwise, uh, yeah, you got no hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, next, mate, do you want to? Should we get into anything else you got there? Uh, just the main thing she said, obviously at the very start, do things yourself so you know exactly how it needs to be done. Mm. And very similar to E-Myth in that you start at the bottom, work out how do I best do this job, write down exactly how it's done and pass it on to the next person and move up move yep. up the ladder and do the next thing. Yep. And yeah, well they've got, how many countries are in? 
They're in the most country. This is the, yeah. This is the the juice bar in the most countries. They're is in, that right? They're in heaps of countries yeah. across the world. Yeah. Yeah, probably the biggest juice bar in, in, in the yeah. world, I'd say. Uh, another thing I'd like to get into is is marketing. So this is yep. one of the she reckons one of the, the key secrets of boosts or why they're so good. And she says the twenty two immutable laws of marketing uh, had a big impact on her. And it's just it's pretty basic when you hear it. Just find out what the customers want. And give it to them. <laughs> yeah. For so sure. she's huge on customer service. That's number one, and uh, she takes it very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that was um, it's a good book. We'll have to do it. Yeah. For sure, marketing. Uh, so my back to just uh, quickly back to franchises. She yeah. said the benefits. Number one is market ownership, and that you can grow quickly without you personally having a lot of money because you're getting other people to grow with you. Number two is obviously you can find other successful people that are going to grow it with you. Capital, so even if you don't have heaps of money at the start, you can help grow. Marketing, because everyone's contributing to the marketing pool and you can combine the funds to market. Uh, and buying power, because you've got more stores, you can negotiate better deals from suppliers. But on the downside, high setup costs, massive costs to set up the legal and accounting structures and everything. High risk of uh, litigation, because it's sort of it's out of your control. So someone else, if someone else's store does something wrong, someone gets crook, you're still um, liable for that, so you can get sued. Uh, the system's pressure, so as she said, you have to, the systems have to be perfect, and again, people, <laughs> which is a positive and a negative, you need to, if you've got the wrong people, that's a massive negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she uh, loves weeding out the bad ones, she's got yeah. a few philosophies behind that, uh, and then on that kind of uh, theme, she says outsourcing, she found the task function on Outlook, and it just kind of <laughs> revolutionised everything for her. <laughs> yeah. uh, she said, do not hoard tasks. So, And she says, lack of delegation does not show devotion. It just shows bad uh, management. Yeah. So being able to delegate well is is everything. Obviously, if you get to that many stores, you you know most of the tasks within Boost is like 99.999% yep. delegation at that stage for her, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I think in, in 2001, they opened their first store. By 2004, she had 80 stores. Mm. And then they bought a competitor who had 24 stores. And in that same year, they got to a million revenue per week. So each week, yeah. all the stores bring in a million. And she also won the Australian Businesswoman of the Year Award as well in Mate, that same year. She's a fucking so good chick. It was a big year. At this stage, so she's at this stage, she's earning this much money, and then she finally gets on the BRW Young Rich list. And yeah. this is the first time she takes out money out of the business. It's, it's crazy. So. Up until this point, over four years, she'd only taken out thirty-five grand in year four for yeah. The son. first three years, she had no salary. She works for free. Yeah, she was like the lowest paid person in the whole yeah. <laughs> in the whole company, lower than the people pouring the juices and everything. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is when she finally said to her husband, "Look, I think we can afford a few <laughs> yeah. things now." She's multi multi millionaire without knowing it. Yeah, well, they, well, yeah, as you say, so they were rich in terms of they built up this big business, but they weren't rich in that they didn't have. Heaps of money on hand in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's a huge... And she says for the, a lot of people fail business in the first five years is because they start thinking they're entitled to some of this money and then they mm. start diverting it into their own account rather than it should be all going back into the business and your yeah. vision of what, what the business should be. She was strong on those sacrifices early on. Yeah. She sacrificed a lot of things uh, and that she said if you... You need to be willing to sacrifice a lot of things if you actually if you're determined to build a big business like this. Yeah, mate, fucking phenomenal, phenomenal story. I really liked it. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to speak. And to it wasn't it. all rosy. There's a few, a few. Yeah, at the start. It's like here's her story, warts and all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not all rosy, and that's probably what you um, 
what you the best part of books like this because you see chicks like Janine Alice who are just on top of the absolute world, and you know it's easy to think they just had it easy or yeah. or whatever. But she absolutely fought so fucking hard to be where she is right now, and she deserves absolutely everything. Yeah. After reading this story, she's she's absolute absolute inspiration, and uh, yeah, I think she's great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well. There's still more to go through, but we'll save that up for the... Uh, we're going to speak to her during the week yep. and uh, get a bit more out of it. Yeah, definitely, mate. So, uh, yeah, what's next, mate? We'll leave it there for now and we'll have a sing. Yeah, we'll just have a sing. We don't know what's next. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no. sing, sing the juice song. Sing the juice. Sing it. Excuse me, can I please have a mango magic? Get that powder, get that mango, mix it together with some cream. The existential entrepreneur by Janine Alice. She's awesome, she around the world. Two billion dollars in sales. from her? She used to be a mother. She is still quite hot. Hire good people. Don't hire not good people. Positive of franchising. But there's also some negatives of franchising. Have a good marketing strategy. Get that juice, get that juice. Get the edge of your competition. Mix it together and get that juice. Mango magic! I don't know any other place. Get that berry basket. Drink it, get nutrients. <laughs> verb and salt. Verb, verb and salt. Take responsibility for that juice. For that, for that juice. For that juice. For that juice. For that juice. Give me the juice. Drink Ella. Boost juice. Give me a boost juice taste good. Boost juice. Boost, boost, boost. Boost, boost, boost. Everybody get that boost juice. Boost, boost, boost. Boost, boost, boost. Boost, boost, boost. Everybody boost. Boost, boost, boost. Boost, boost, boost.